Yeah, what's up, y'all? How's everybody doing? Right, how was your weekend? Yeah, I was so busy yo, this weekend. Uh, I had to take care of family and all that stuff. So, family comes first, you know. And then I got to take care of my mom. So, anyway. Now, so, um, this is uh, Mrs. B.D. Rose. And this is a fourth episode of Twisted, and SVU podcast. And... Today's episode is titled, Is Our Killers a Cop? Now, I was watching a new promo for this upcoming Law & Order spinoff called Law & Order Organized Crime. It stars Christopher Maloney, reprises his role as Elliot Stabler. It's a 30 second promo. It shows him talking to Finn about what he did, what happened 10 years ago. And he trying to explain himself. I mean, until it was the right time. So, and um, the recent promo, that's that stable talking to somebody and people guess it was Finn. But I already knew it was Finn and all that stuff. So, so this new promo, it's like their 30 second promo. It shows a stable talking to Finn in the past 10 years and all that stuff. So, and, um, and the new series organized crime is coming up on April first, right? So, I hope you're. I hope y'all gonna be watching it, and I'm gonna be watching it. Now, I know it's Monday morning. It's, it's late, and it's three a.m. The witching hour. Well, what the hell am I saying witching hour? I mean, I'm, I'm talking stupid. So. I'm talking. I'm talking about like Frankenstein and Dracula and um, the mummy and the wolves and stuff like that. So, uh anyway, you know, so, you know, I was so busy over the weekend. So, I hope. Oh, I remember last week the weather was warm. I went out to the park and I done five laps around by the pond, trying to get in shape and stay in shape though. Cause I want to be looking good for a long time, and you gotta eat the right foods. So now, I hopefully so. I mean, I got inspired by podcasting. You know, I got inspired of set up a podcast because I was listening to the Sopranos podcast, and I just listened to one like um today. You know, some um, day. Talk about this episode I've called Calling Our Cause, something like that. It's a season four episode. So, The Sopranos came on back in 1999, just as the same year as Law and Order SVU came out, though. But The Sopranos came in there first, it aired in January. And I love The Sopranos, though. I mean, since first episode. Because it gets comedy, got brilliant acting, and some mountains and stuff like that. So it was good and all stuff. I mean, I I be watch I be watching Sopranos on a Sunday, and um, and um, at Law and Order SVU the next night, which is on a Monday. Yeah, it, actually, um, in the fall of 1999, the SVU aired on Monday nights at 10 o'clock before they moved to Fridays. So I saw it early next year. So, hopefully, you know, I mean, weather's warming up, and then, right now, Sirius is about to get warmed up right now, and, and this is a good episode, you know, this is, um, let's get to the episode, right, and this is a good episode, this is, uh, Law and Order, 
Season 1, Episode 4, Hysteria. Alright, it's written by Dawn Noon and Lisa Marie Peterson. There will, there will be there will later there will be the show's producers later on and during the series. And they write and it's directed by Richard Dobbs. And it aired on October eleventh, nineteen ninety nine. Now the, the episode starts with Detective Stabler having dinner with his family and um his daughter, I think it was Kathleen, was talking about piercings and her body, stuff like that. And Sable says, no holes, no holes. I mean, they're they, they too young to get, like, piercings and stuff like that. Earpieces and stuff like that, though. I mean, Sable is, like, a religious father. I mean, he just got some morals and stuff like that. Me, I don't have no piercings myself. And I don't, got, I don't have no tattoos. Besides that, I'm not supposed to be wearing tattoos anyway because... It's like you're printing any marks. That's that's against the moral laws of the Lord. So, and then during the family dinner, though, Sable's daughter Kathleen, who was 12 years old, she feels oppressed, and she she tells the family that um, her schoolmate quit quit the soccer team because she's pregnant. And then next thing you know is that so Maureen, she uh, leaves the dinner table and goes upstairs. So, the next scene, later that night, Stabler gets a call and he has to report to the crime scene. So, somewhere right around Times Square, the Benson and Stabler meet a vice cop named D'Angelo. And um, he shows them about... Uh, uh, so uh, uh, shows them a dead whore. In other words, though, on, they found the body of a black prostitute. She was have a, with a bag over her head and some blunt force trauma. I mean, she was bashing the skull, and then uh, she was placed in some sexualized position or something like that, though. So, and um. You know, D'Angelo, and the actor who played D'Angelo, his name is Joe Lisi, and he's like a retired cop and all that stuff, so, but he, the character he plays, though, he's like an asshole, man, a jerk, always says vulgar stuff about women, and just like he referred to the body of a dead prostitute, a dead whore, and he mentioned saying something about NHI, and um, Benson, and Benson, in breaks it breaks down NHI. It's like a it's a short word for no humans involved. So Benson's the stabler says that um, it's a woman was a piece of stuff, and then Benson replies, "It's like a cop who wants to retire." Now, D'Angelo, though he um, the character D'Angelo, though he's work he's a vice cop, work for the three one something like that though. And like I said, though, man, he a jerk off, man. Always that he can't stand the hookers and stuff like that. And he is um, obnoxious and stuff like that. But we're going to get to him later on. Now we go to the squad room, right? And um, they were talking about the, the body, the dead body, the, the, 
they were talking about the body of the prostitute right near Times Square and all that stuff. And um, Captain Cragen, right? He remembers a Somalia case about at homicide about a month ago about uh, a black female prostitute who was bashed in the head with a bag, plastic bag placed over it, with her arms spread out in a sexualized position. So um, they're they're tracking down a serial killer that's targeting prostitutes. Oh my goodness, he's got a, a, a psychopath tracking down dead hoes. So, so, however, though they say that um, he was going to he, he was he was he was attempting to, to attack a number a third victim, uh, for, but she got away, and the prostitute's name was Lorinda, something like that, though. So, this guy, this uh, serial key, this guy killed two hookers, and brother, and the third one got away from his wrath. So they're trying to look for her. So, um, so um, you know, much and then much has to go to court to testify against this doctor who molests this lady and stuff like that, though. And Detective Jeffries reminds him not to screw up in the court this time with this rambling. And then as soon as she walks away from him, though, she says, "It's not looking at my ass." <laughs> that was a funny <laughs> excuse me that was a funny line right there I mean sit out looking at my ass and how, how was she thinking much was looking at her ass or something like that I mean he wasn't even looking at her ass but that was some that was like a funny that was a funny scene and all this stuff though Oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. Now, so, uh, and so, Best and Saber go out on the street and talk to uh, about to the other hoes about John who bashed and bashed her head and asphyxiated with asphyxiated head. And one of the hookers mentioned a girl named um, Lorinda, something like that, though. And, um,. And then the girl in Melinda she says she got away and stuff like that, and they don't know where she is. So, so Bessa Sable was talking to a couple of transvestites or trannies though, and they told her they have seen her, but they had to kick her out the block though. I mean, it was like they was having like a turf war between the damn trannies and stuff like that though. I mean, look at these dudes. I mean, they all dressed in drag, man. I mean. I feel like I'm a RuPaul's Drag Race man, but personally, I don't like that stuff. That tr- I don't like that tranny stuff and stuff like that. So I mean, that's side of my stuff. I don't want to get into that though. They say so. They was looking. They still looking for um, Lorinda. Right now, she escaped the wrath of the killer. And now she's missing. So after they talk to uh, the trannies, Benson and Sabler are going to the car, and uh, Sabler tells Benson that. That calf, 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 um, calf reads, uh, school, schoolmate is pregnant and quit the team. So, you know, they're trying, uh, so Ben Savler, Benson tells Savler they didn't need to talk and stuff like that. So, so, and when next scene, you know, next scene, they're at the diner, they, they talk to D'Angelo about the, another 
case that that, that was that happened about a month ago or two months ago, saying that the uh, killer a guy the killer killed another prostitute, and Danny Angelo was like, no one wants to understand my opinion and stuff like that though. So um, and then at the diner, they meet his partner named Ridley. Right, they they both vice cops and stuff like that. I mean, they've been on for like maybe twenty, almost thirty years, stuff like that, though. And then before Mister Safer leave the diner, um, D'Angelo tells asks asks them, "Did you? Is it time for you to have some sensitivity training class?" They turn back and look at him and discuss. He turns it back. He was like, "D'Angelo, what a damn jerk." Alright, in the next scene, hey, in the next scene, Benson is doing indoor rock climbing with Jeffries. Now, the, back then, back in the late 90s, um, the, in, the indoor rock climbing was popular. I mean, you got, they put you in this thing around your waist, and then you got to climb up the wall with your feet, and they got these bats and stuff like that. That, I mean, that was popular, popular back then in the late 90s. But there was like a brief short scene and all that stuff. They were climbing up the rope and they going down like there was an actual mountain. Now let's go to the morgue, right? We find this actress Leslie Hendricks who reprising her role, who was reprising her role as the morgue lady before, and on um, the original Law and Order. And that, that was a time before Tamara Tooney took over and played the the main uh, morgue lady role, something like that, though. And um, I think Leslie Henry tells Vincent Stabler that there were no drugs in her system and she has been eating healthy and stuff like that, though. I mean, that was crazy. Now, the next scene, we're at the, court, we're at the courtroom and this is a funny scene. Right, Munch is on a stand testifying against the doctor who molested her and all that stuff, though. And, um... He tells uh, people that the uh, doctor tells her to disrobe and um, pitch and picture and look a picture of David Hasselhoff on Baywatch, and then the other defense attorney says objection. And um, that's he knows when Munch was bringing out this thing called um, hysteria, something like that. Is and they have like a. Um, Get fame for called commissary, commissary for Rockside, something like that. And the lady asks him to spell it out, and Munch says, O R G A S M. And then of the defense jury says, Objection! Oh man. And, and then and then even and then Munch says something about the vibrator or stuff like that. There's a speed things long and that made the defense attorney say objection. So I mean that was a funny it was a funny scene in the courtroom. Munch was talking about the hysteria and the orgasms and sex and stuff like that though. And he's testifying against his doctor. He was videotaping it and telling her that he was molesting her and all that stuff. I mean that that was a funny scene though. Objection. Back in the squad room, um, Jeffries discovers that it, 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 Jeff. Oh, back at the squad room, you know the cops realize that the dead woman, the dead hooker at Times Square. Guess what? She doesn't even fit the pattern of the other other prost- prostitutes. 
it turns out though that, that she was a 19 year old college girl named Tracy and she was living in her parents up in Westchester, Westchester County Mm, now there is something though that I mean, like I said, there is something to go here because the the cops thought the the, the, the body of a they, the cops think that um, this they, that the, the body was a hooker. It turns out that she wasn't. She didn't. She doesn't fit the type pattern of the serial killer. So, and that was like a little twist right there. I mean, she's come from a fluent family and all that stuff, and that's crazy though. Oh yeah, so the next scene, your missing slaver arrive at the victim's house and they near parents and um the parents they told her that she was a a college student in Columbia and then she volunteers at a at a community center. And Sabler shows them pictures of her body and they were destroyed and then Sable tells them that uh, she was dressing off evocative and they, he also tells them that um, she was attacked by a man who was targeting hookers and then the lady, a young girl, lady's mother though she gets mad she steps up to Sabler and slaps the shit out of him Damn! At first, I thought I was gonna expect the pimp slap from the lady, but I mean, she acted that brilliantly because check this out, though. A lot of these our brothers, black brothers and sisters, though, they don't even trust the police because they figured they're the real killers. They just, and then they don't trust. Like I said, I mean, you got the um, George Floyd, Rihanna Taylor, stuff like that, though. And racist got a little bit of an issue right there, so. That was crazy. That was crazy. So, and back of the squad room, you know, I mean, much trying to figure out what, what she was dressing so provocatively uh, late at night. And Jeffrey tells him that uh, she wears, she probably going out. It was hot that night, and she probably wears it when she's going to club, though. So, um, they still were trying, they're to track down the missing hooker that escaped the guy's rap. So, Benson and Sabler, though, they've, um, they um, go see uh, this girl named Tracy's boyfriend. I mean, her parents mentioned him and all this stuff. So they interview Tracy's boyfriend, and his name is Dennis. And he tells them that he had plans with her the other night, but uh, she never called him. I mean, so he she tells them that he was watching the game with his friend at the time of her murder. And he also tells them that that um, she usually um, yeah she went out went out with the um, people at the clin at the clinic community center where she volunteers. So they go to the clinic, and um, the lady who works there tells them that um, she'd be making friends with everyone, and they were asking her, yeah, does she know any people close to her and. She tells him that the guy who attended the community center named which was was Travis Hall because he'd been missing a couple missing enough a couple of classes and stuff like that. And she also she tells the cops that he was a short order cook who was released from Rikers. So they go to his they so they go to his apartment, they found him dead. 
and he must have been dead for over a week. So they're trying. So back in the squad room, you know, they're trying um, cranking and tells, trying to figure it out um, about the two dead hookers and uh, one that's missing and stuff like that, though. So Jeffrey tells them that the killer had uh, police issue gloves and all that stuff, though. And um, when Benson Sabler returned, they've um, tell him that they they raised a guy named Travis Hall's name because turns out that Travis Hall was had been died a week before her murder, so that rules him out with the suspect. So the only key is that they have to find the missing hooker named Lorenda. So. So, however, though they're trying to they're trying to figure out what 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 they do with these. So they're trying to figure out what they're trying to do with these um where where where, where, the, where the prostitutes were when um trannies said to, to, to trannies um threw them out in the neighborhood, and Cassidy he mentions uh, Gasman Fort by the meat market, and. However, they found a lead. So, Madison and Sailor track down. Um, they track down this Lorinda. And hey, when they see it, hey, guess what? Guess what they find? It's that girl from Orange is the New Black. Her name is Lady Selena, and she appeared on um, Law and Order and stuff like that. Though, so they bring her in for questioning, and she describes her attack because. She could because about that guy put a bag over her head and she's clawing and but he has some gloves on so he tells her that she she twisted his cononis and ran off. So later on after the interior, after the questioning though they in the squad room you know she business describes the attack to her colleagues and. Um, and then so it's out that the guy had used gloves and stuff like that though. His his police issued gloves and then but the prosecutor says it was like doctor's gloves. However, thanks to Munch, he takes out a flashlight and and puts a flashlight in Benson's face and he raises a flashlight with the put his um hand non gun hand to the side. Sabler discovers that it's a cop. So it turns out that, that their their killer is a cop. Now we gotta go to um to get a little second half of the episode. Now, now, okay, now, best let's say we go back out to the street, right? And um, and, and um, they, they they were asking and they're looking for a cop with a grudge against hookers and stuff like that though. So, um, and uh, one of the hookers steps up saying it was, it was like, um, turns out he tells him that uh, that it was a cop roughed her up recently, and it turns out it was D'Angelo, the vice cop. So, back in Craig's offices, though, Benson Saver, Saver told him that it was D'Angelo who was roughing the prostitutes up, you know, he's spitting the fake of the face and all that stuff. So, and uh, they know that he has a rap sheet and that he has trouble with women and all that stuff. And then Craig asked him where where, where D'Angelo works at. They told him, they told him the free one. And, um, 
Craig remembers that Lenny used to work the free one, so he goes goes to see um he you know he he goes to get goes to Lenny Briscoe for help. So the next scene we're at the restaurant. Hey, check it out. It's Jerry Orbach as Lenny Briscoe. And this is oh my goodness, he's you know Briscoe is having dinner with Craigan and all this stuff though. And Craigan tell ask him that they were looking for a cop with a nasty temper and they wanted to have like a and he wants to and Craigan wants to find out about D'Angelo. And um Briscoe tells him that the answer is has a is a bluster. He has a temper and all that stuff. He and he's loud, obnoxious. His temper is just bluster and all that stuff, though. But Briscoe also tells him that his partner really is worse. I mean, he took it out on a ball washer and he got anger and stuff like that, though. So. Next day, Craigan is back at his back in the squad room. Craigan tells Benson Sailor to do a background check on uh, Ridley, and uh, what he did was that he brought in the files, and it's not bad. It turns out that Ridley had like um, a, so two assaults of prostitutes that was dropped, and a domestic violence thing with his ex-wife, which was also dropped. So I mean, Ridley has like a temper. So they want to look into the Ridley history and um, and um, and what and whatever uh, troubles that he had in other priests and some stuff like that, though. So now, best in the save, all right. Um, they go to Kew Gardens, Queens, and they end, they talk to a couple, and they tell them that the Ridley is the worst. And, and he also told him that um, his mother was he was having having her house as a brothel brothel. So what she did was she takes her son out and then she goes and invites her John to have sex and kicks her son out and have the sardines for dinner and stuff like that though. So really had like a rough childhood. I mean, it made him like a bitter woman bitter woman hating man and stuff like that though. So um you back at the squad room. Benson and Sable are in the are in the room. They're trying to do files on um, Ridley and all that stuff. And, and excuse me. And um, they was about to go file his arrest rec arrest records and his history and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, Sable gets a beep call saying he gotta help his daughter Kathleen practice do soccer practice. So a message decides to stay here. So he takes out pictures of a a dead woman who was lying in his, with a sexualized position with the back over her head and puts it on the board. So later on, we we back at Saber's house. Though he's doing doing soccer practice with his daughter, and he was just giving her some advice saying about the guys and stuff like that. But in the, and it's like a funny line. He says, and Kathleen tells her dad, Dad. I'm a virgin, okay? And she kicks a ball to, to him. I mean, that line was like funny and stuff like that, though. So, um, Stabler returns back to work the next day, and Benson was there all night. And then, you know what Benson was doing? Huh? All right. Um, she shows Stabler, Stabler a, a, pa- a pattern of, a picture, of pictures of women lying in a sexualized position with a bag over her head 
and it's and and uh, Samuel is like a string of paper dolls. Oh, it goes and told you that I mean that Ridley was is responsible for killing these girls, and he's also a pattern killer. So, so they go they go to his house. They go to arrest him at his house, right? And um, Ridley, you know, he tries. Um, they, they ask him for his weapon, and then when Ridley tries to pull his shirt off to show his weapon, Sable quickly takes it away from him. And then this what. And Benson gets a reaction. It was shouting a second weapon when he sees him bending over. She's thinking that she has another gun. He has another gun, but it turns out to be some car grease or car wax and stuff like that. And and Benson's reaction was like to quick and all this stuff. Like second weapon. Damn, that was a good actor right there, huh? Now. We're in an interrogation, right? And even there, and then uh, really was in there for five minutes and all that stuff. So, and um, he and really admitted to his crimes, but they gave it too much credit because he shows in a picture of a dead of the get girl named Tracy, and it turns out that that's this isn't his. And check it out, Craig believes that because he's a pattern killer. So. They wanted to find out who, uh, who, what the bag over her head and uh, head bash and stuff like that. And Craig asked, was it like um, coincidence? But Sable says he is a first time repulsive and young. So Craig was right. He said that the killer had new Tracy. So um, Tracy Farmer comes in uh, the, the special victims unit in the squad room, and she fakes the detectives for catching the serial killer. But Sabler tells them that that it wasn't him, and it's probably somebody else. Even though the the Tracy's father is devastated, I mean, so it was crazy. So now they had to go back to square one because I mean they were divided diverted with the really investigation. So. And um, they're gonna look. They're in. They want. They Craig wants them to look into uh, Tracy's boyfriend. See if he has anything like that, though. So, um, so they talk to um, um, Tracy's boy. Tracy's boyfriend Dennis. That's his name, and he's white, though. So he, they talk to Dennis's friend and stuff like that. And it turns out that Dennis already has a girlfriend who's about to get engaged to. And he uses Tracy as like a fling and stuff like that. But uh, then his friend tells him that that, that uh, she's inexperienced. So Sable says it's a virgin. And he tells him that um, she hook up, um, Tracy hooked up with Dennis and they they were sleeping together. And next and she woke up with a hangover. Next thing he knows is that they, they trying to um, fall, she's falling in love with Dennis. So... And then he said that he had to lie for him and all that stuff. But um, that was stupid. I mean, come on. And, um, however, it was Benson says that they don't have no evidence and all that stuff. But Sable says that he had to check out a partial fingerprint. So, they, however, they, he was, um, they, if they figured out he was wearing some Italian shoes, right? So, 
Benson and Slavery Cops, they look into the guy's pair of shoes and they found a card with the address that he grew up with. And um, so they go to his um, parents' house up in Westchester County and then they told him that um, he was secretly dating a girl named Tracy, but they didn't even know about that though. And then, uh, and then you know, Benson Slavery asked him, did he know about it? And then they said, nah, yes, you did. Cause you, and I was like, yes, you did. You're a racist, man. So, um, then Dennis comes down with his bag, he was about to go out, and then he's pissed, saying, what you doing here? And then, Sable confronts him, saying, why you kill her and all this stuff? I mean, she refused you and all this stuff, because they already know that it is. he killed Tracy. And, and then, and then, um, next thing you know, Benson discovers that he's wearing the shoes at the time of her murder. So, Sable looks at it. And he says, nice shoes. And the episode ends right there. And it, turns, and it turns out the plot twist is that they figured that it was a cop that was killing these prostitutes, including the, a 19-year-old college student. But it turns out, though, it was the guys that she hooked up with that killed her, not the cop. So that's like a twist right there, though. So at least they said, and um, my opinion, at least they got the guy... At least they know they, they got the serial killer that was caught talking prostitutes. I mean, that he was a pattern killer, but he didn't kill his latest victim. So the twist is that the cop didn't kill the student. It was the, um, some crazy-ass white boy, man, trying to get a damn fling. I mean, why would she hook up with a damn white loser asshole like Dennis and all that stuff? I mean, that's like interracial hookups. I mean, that is disgusting. I mean... And look what happened to her, Tracy. I mean, that she had it coming. But, I mean, I ain't going against her or anything like that. But it's like, um, you going around, hook up with the damn devil. Devil, excuse my language, though. I mean, but I, anyway, it was a good episode, at least, though. I mean, it, it, it keeps you hooking. You're trying to figure out who killed the, who killed the, who's killing the hookers and who's killing, who killed the, the lady that they thought it was a hooker, but she didn't fit the pattern. So, I'm so I'm gonna say that it was a good episode, and I hope you like the episode. Now, before I gotta go though, I've um, right now I've been busy going around trying to pitch in my podcast, and I'm trying to look for listeners. So like the other like the other day, I think it was that I was going to the store. No, I mean I I um, talked to I was talking to this photographer. And I told them that I'm she was doing a documentary. And I told her that I was launching a podcast and all stuff. And then on Lord or SVU. And then she got so excited saying that she loves Lauren or loves Lauren Order SVU. So I gave her my business card and then I tell you you could tell you could find it on Spotify and um Anchor and stuff like that. So I'm trying to tell people I'm about my podcast, so I mean but I mean, try and get some listeners. I mean, if they like SVU, if you like SVU, right, then I could break down an episode like that, though. I mean, right? So, this is one place for you. So, um, so, and all you Mark Anthony's, Jennifer Lopez, oh, I forgot. You know, J. Lo called, Jennifer Lopez called off her engagement with A Rod because of some cheating scandal, but. I mean, I don't trust Jennifer Lopez anything because every time when she tries to get tries to get married, though things just 
happen. It's all this bad luck. Anyway, so all you Britney Spears lovers, Jennifer Lopez lovers, Aunt Mark Anthony lovers, Montel Jordan lovers, and um, Adam Eminem lovers, this is 1999, right? And SVU in the 90s, right? You know, they keep catching up with the time. So join me next week for another good episode, right? And um, hopefully... You keep watching these SVU marathons on USA and ION and all this stuff. So, yeah, 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 have a blessed week. I'll see you next week.